Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today as part of our ongoing Harvard EdCast book series, we're pleased to inform you about a presentation happening on the Harvard Graduate School of Education's campus this Thursday, March 28th from 4 to 5.30 p.m. It's called Leaving to Learn, Designing a Student Experience that Reduces Dropouts and Produces Deep Engagement in Learning. It's with Big Picture Learning co-founder Elliot Washer and collaborator Charlie Majowski here to discuss their new book. They're both on the line with us. Welcome to the EdCast. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yep, thanks, I, Matt. I, I, I noticed that you talked about uh, our role with big picture learning, and perhaps that's a good place to start because both Elliot and I have spent a, a good part of our education lives working uh, with big picture learning and big picture schools. Uh, this book, however, is a is not about big picture schools. Uh, of course, we couldn't have written the book without all of our work in big picture schools. And as uh, people who buy the book will see, we border on plagiarism in our use of so many stories about students in our big picture schools. But we really intended the book to reach a much larger, larger audience. Indeed, the argument of the book is that leaving to learn, which we'll say a little bit uh, about in a moment, is really something that we would advocate for every student, not just the students in our big picture schools. I'll kind of summarize the argument of the book, if you will, very uh, quickly, and then Elliot, I'm sure, will will help embellish it. Uh, Elliot and I, uh, for years and years, have looked at the dropout uh, crisis in this country uh, and how many students are dropping out of school. Uh, we don't have in our big picture schools a high dropout rate, and we wondered why. And we began to look at the research on dropouts and discovered that, yes, uh, there were some pretty uh, obvious reasons for it. But from our work, we identified a set of uh, four additional reasons we call the deeper four. Elliot may want to say a bit more about those. But our argument is essentially that looking at the deeper four led us to look beyond the dropout problem to the much more serious problem of student disengagement, of the estrangement that students have from their schools and from productive learning. We then went from that understanding to deriving from our experience again what we consider to be students' expectations of their schools. We identified 10 of them. Doubtless there are more of them, but we identified 10. And our argument is, if we could address those expectations, we would reduce dropouts, but more importantly, substantially increase student engagement and learning. Then we also realized that you couldn't get at those kinds of expectations in school alone. You needed to bring students out into the real world. That's where they could realize the expectations and therefore engage in productive learning. Elliot, what did I uh, miss? Yeah. Well, uh, no, you did great, Charlie. Uh, so Charlie asked me to talk about for a minute uh, the deeper four, uh, which is not as research-based as what you get, although we were involved in developing uh, the big four, the reasons why uh, students leave school. Uh, but we've all felt from our experiences that there's really something uh, deeper going on. Uh, and that those four are, um, well, students come to school and they have to fit the school. 
but uh, we always felt that there was some type of compact where the school also needed to fit each and every student. And and our work over the last 40 years has always been to look at one student at a time, each and every student, and develop a program around each and every student. We felt that was possible, hence that's why we developed Big Picture Schools, and, and that's the format and the mantra of Big Picture. Uh, the other piece is mattering. Uh, does, does who you are matter to the school? Does what you like, what you're interested in matter? So mattering is a big deal. And we have a yearning to try to matter, to mean something in the world. And in schools, our schools picking up on those things. Um, the third thing is restrictions. Uh, there are tremendous restrictions on youth in our schools that they feel. There's a very big difference from being outside of school to being inside of school. As a matter of fact, uh, Epstein wrote a book about these types of restrictions and, and found some interesting and telling results uh, that uh, youth are more restricted uh, than uh, U.S. Marine Corps recruits inside of the school, as well as in some cases, uh, people inside prison. Uh, their movements are restricted, there's surveillance, there's tons and tons of rules that they have to follow. Um, some of them for safety reasons, of course. Others, because a rule was made and people just kept the rules and they piled on to the point where students can't develop their interests and, 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 and a sense of who they are. And the fourth thing is that schools really don't do very, very well on recognizing the talents and interests of students. There's a lot of research on this. Bloom's research on developing talent in young people uh, found that basically it's parents following students' interests, not prodigy students, but regular children, getting them connected to clubs, organizations, mentors, and technique mentors, and then they take off. And most of that is done outside of school. So we thought about this a real lot. Part of Big Picture's work, a big part is, is to develop those talents and interests and to have students matter and to fit each and every student. And, and we felt that all schools would take advantage and engage students around their interests in and outside of school. So in other words, letting the outside in and the inside out. And that's a big deal. Uh, once you do that, and you do that for credit, for real credit, all of a sudden what you do matters in school. All of a sudden your interests are recognized. All of a sudden the movements that you have to actually play and practice and get challenge and choice, and the time is right and the timing is good. These are all parts of those uh, 10 imperatives that we have developed uh, out of the book. So. There's a lot going on here that schools take advantage of to engage students from the outside into school. Uh, Charlie, you want to say a few other things? Well, I don't know where, uh, you know, knowing that we're doing this uh, in a very truncated way and not having the opportunity to go into the uh, 10 imperatives that we talk about, uh, the 10 expectations. There are some there that we think are particularly important. Elliot hit on a few, uh, but 
I want to speak more to what we're thinking of doing those as we go forward. Uh, obviously, if we call these student expectations, then it makes sense that the schools might pay attention to them. They might have a way of surveying the students to find out whether the students are, the schools are actually delivering on those student expectations. Uh, and so we're, we're actually beginning to develop uh, checklists and questionnaires that schools might use in checking on the student experience they provide. Uh, another way of using the 10 imperatives is to use them as design specifications for learning opportunities. Uh, this, this time it might be used by the faculty as a kind of checklist to say, what are we actually providing to students uh, and how well are we doing in, in that as we design learning opportunities, as we design learning uh, environments uh, for these young people. So we're beginning to take what might seem like a kind of theoretical and abstract notion into very practical ways in which students can assess what's going on with their experiences and schools can use this to design learning opportunities for students. We think that, that taking it to the practice end is where we are. We're much more practitioners than we are scholars uh, and therefore we're, that's the direction we're taking with these. Most people in education and outside, parents, Students. If you ask students what your day is like in school, as they get through the grades of school and get older, the tendency for them to say school is very boring is gets higher and higher. And our mentor, Seymour Saracen, always used to talk about productive learning. He wrote a book called What Do You Mean By Learning? Productive learning is that students are engaged in their learning. That's kind of the first corollary to productive learning, that you must be engaged. And where better to start uh, than students' interests and bring that in, into school. So many great ideas here, all compressed into just this one quick podcast, and I can't imagine the, the process of putting together these ideas into the book. Um, what can people expect when they come to the talk this Thursday, and then where can they actually buy the book? Well, I'll start with the last uh, question first, Matt. Uh, we'd encourage them to go to the special website we've developed for the book, www.leavingtolearn.org. Uh, not only can they learn a lot more about uh, what's behind the book, but they're able to click and order the book from uh, any of the vendors, any of the online vendors, Amazon, uh, iBook, Google, etc. cetera. Uh, so that probably would be the easiest way for people to get a hold of the book and to learn about what we've done in, in writing the book. Uh, with respect to what they might hear a little bit more about on, on Thursday evening, I would say uh, we're going to provide many more examples and stories so that these 10 imperatives, as we call them, take on a life so that they understand them. And I think we're going to be uh, try to provoke them a little bit uh, into thinking about how, as, these, uh, as the audience of future school leaders, might use these 10 imperatives to redesign or design schools, because one of the things we want to do, one of the things we're imagining, if you will, is that students would treat these expectations as things they bring to school and ask of the school. Uh, we had an image of, of students 
tweeting these around and maybe they're going viral, for example. We had an image of students asking that these 10 expectations be posted on every school's website, uh, that there might be uh, an instrument used by parents to actually assess schools. And so talking to future school leaders, because we will be Thursday, uh, we thought it would be easy to stimulate some conversation and some reactions from them about how they saw this work impacting their future leadership roles. Uh, I, I would add uh, that we have watched over 40 and 50 years disengagement uh, among our youth high, high dropout rates. And we keep doing the same things over and over again. And we keep trying to create efficiencies in the system instead of or also taking 